0: Hey, listeners, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations, where we believe that everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. We invite guests from various backgrounds to share with you what makes them unique. Our hope is that you and I can learn and grow together. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today, I have the honor to speak with John Alley. John is the owner of John Alley Media. For those of you that, who don't know, John actually helps edit and produced the Intelligent Conversations podcast, so it's kind of awesome to have him on. So, John, thanks for ha- coming on today. I look forward to learning more about you and getting more acquainted with you. But uh, I like to start with this question. What got you into film and video production? Yeah, firstly,
1: thank you for having me on. It's uh, quite an honor for me to be on the podcast. I've edited a lot of podcasts, but never been a guest on any of the podcasts before. So it's relatively new for me, but I'll try to keep myself as entertaining as I can. Yeah. So uh, starting off with your question, I sort of uh, was uh, into, not into film per se when I was uh, uh, during my early ages, but More into acting and theater and that kind of stuff. So I used to do uh, a lot of theater plays uh, with my school. So we used to have an annual play and I used to be the part of every annual play every coming year. So I would used to play uh, different characters. So I I remember one of the earliest characters I did was of a clown. I remember that because uh, I actually had to, uh, I think it was maybe uh, custom made for me, the clown costume. And then I remembered mm-hmm. uh, uh, being painted on the clown's face, and then the red nose as well, <laughs> because that was, I think, one of
0: the <laughs> earliest uh, theater performance I did that I, I remember. That's cool, dude. Like, so you were uh, were you in the play, or like, kind of like the stage crew? No,
1: no. I I was. Uh, I used to act because uh, oh. we were sort of really young kids, so. Most of the kids usually used to act and the crew and the lighting stuff was done by the school uh, sort of teachers and the sort of the other staff because we weren't uh, sort of very well equipped and it was uh, dangerous handling the lights and other stuff due to the electricity. Oh, gotcha.
0: Yeah, that's so the school kind of managed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha.
1: It was uh, organized by the school, so uh, they used to invite all the parents. To actually see the shows because we used to do a lot of rehearsals and sort of prepare ourselves for the final day. And then uh, we uh, had to book uh, sort of a theater play as, uh, so that we could perform the theater and manage all of the people that were coming. So what kind of shifted you to
0: the more of the production end?
1: So uh, I know if you're familiar with the uh, OA levels system, so that's the UK system. So, uh, O-Levels is the ordinary system and A-Levels is the advanced uh, level system. So, during my A-Levels, it's sort of like uh, uh, equivalent to the high school in America. Okay. But it takes about five years because the O-Levels is three years and A-Levels is two years. And then you sort of uh, go ahead and uh, start your bachelor's uh, in the university. So, during my A-Levels days, I was sort of skeptical that what I should (laughs) maybe pursue as a major in my college. So, I, I was sort of confused, I started talking with my family, my friends on what I should be doing because uh, I had that sort of interest of going into this side, but I wasn't sure uh, if I should go. So uh, then acted sort of uh, shifted when I started my degree, Uh, it sort of maybe shifted, I started uh, watching films. sort of uh started learning the filmmaking process as well so a lot of the things i did not know earlier i started to understand how uh production works how lighting works how uh, how much work is actually required on the set mm-hmm. so that uh, those kind of things i started uh, to develop and then my sort of interest uh was acting but it's sort of now shifting
0: uh towards uh direction and the whole production process as well that's cool i mean you were kind of the actor, right? You were wanted to be be in that spotlight type of thing, but then you realize there's a lot more to the whole production end, and you're like, "Wow, there." That just kind of found it fascinating and stuff. So, I want to get like a quick breakdown. What? Well, no, actually, I have this question. So, what would you say is something a lot of people don't realize uh, happens? when it comes to producing, whether it's a movie or a podcast?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I'd say a lot of people do not realize because they aren't aware, the amount of time and effort required to do any sort of production. The Mm. hours are insane. You have to uh, invest a lot of your own mind power before going on set. So there are uh, actually three main components of any production. It's the pre-production, the production, and the post-production. The pre production is the sort of uh, doing everything on paper and getting everything on paper before going on set. So, that would include uh, if you're doing a narrative project, that would include the story, the screenplay, and any sort of thing that you'd need uh, the scenes, uh, the crew list, the cast list, anything that you'd need before going on set. So uh, that uh, is sort of the pre-production is essentially that you know everything uh, on paper and anything, any sort of problem or mishap, because a lot of problems arise when you're on set. So then you refer
0: to the pre-production and then you adapt and improvise accordingly. There you go. That's actually kind of uh, this, right? And then I have another business. It kind of reminds me of running a business I mean that's literally what you're doing right you have to stop and set a plan and then like actually act on it and then from there you kind of adjust and say oh this didn't really work let's try this instead it's, I, I kind of actually find that similar but uh, I notice I, and I guess I know this too but uh, you kind of do you do this on your own, right? Like, do you have help like oh, people that work yeah, for you? Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, I have my younger brother involved in this as well. So he so- sort of helps me, and then uh, depending on the project, I sort of add team members gotcha. on what I need because I did a project. So uh, I'm I'm sort of very well versed in video, but I'm not very well versed in. I, I know how to sound design and stuff, but I'm not very well versed uh, in music. Per se. So I did a project about one, two months ago where I involved, a, a music producer to produce a sort of one minute piece for my video project that I would then integrate and incorporate into my project. Gotcha. So
0: it's like finding the right people to put in the right place.
1: Filmmaking is all about teamwork and collaboration. You cannot do anything on your own if the project
0: is, uh, on a bigger scale. Okay. Yeah. That's I, I I agree too. I think, regardless, collaboration is just the better way. <laughs> uh, I worked uh, on a web series project last year, so
1: that was that has been one of the biggest projects that I've worked until now in my career. So, anywhere uh, on set, uh, people there were about eighty to two hundred people anywhere, uh, at any given time on set. So it was a really big production for uh, all of us. Yeah. And then mm. if you uh, sort of uh, look uh, at the behind the scenes of uh, Hollywood films, so <laughs> there are anything and everything you need to get done on set, there is a, a dedicated
0: person for that. Yeah. No movie production, especially, right? Like that is no easy task that, because you have people live on set, right? And recording. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, this is right. We're doing this virtual. So it, You just have your video and then audio and that's it really. I don't know. Is there other things that you look for or like improve off of? Uh, uh, For this podcast or in filmmaking in general? Or
1: just filmmaking in general? Uh, No, I'd say I I think uh, first of all, it's building a team because uh, uh, I think uh, when I work on projects, so I usually uh, one of the biggest problems that arises for me is that Uh, to uh, sort of instill the passion that I have for the project onto my team because nobody understands (laughs) the project like I do if I'm leading the project. So I need to motivate uh, either if we are on the same tangent and then I need to explain the importance of the project to them or by any other sort of uh, incentive. If if it's uh, not involving at a higher sort of scale the person, so then it's usually monetary benefit for them so it's usually the lighting crew the camera crew because they they i think they are do not understand the project like we do if we
0: are in the core team i agree too i think one of the hardest parts as like the person in charge or managing other people is actually inspiring them and figuring out a way to like motivate them to actually get something done or complete a project how you th- think it would be like in how it work. So how how do you do that?
1: So uh, I think uh, uh, the creative industry or the video production industry in general differs uh, from other industries because uh, the projects usually vary. If each project is a different from the last one. Mm-hmm. So that usually, uh, I usually, first of all, just as how we did, I usually get the person on call and try to understand their objective what they are looking to achieve from the video uh, that I'll produce for them. So I then, uh, shift
0: and adjust everything accordingly to the project. Gotcha. So I guess maybe let me rephrase the question, but like, how do you motivate people like to do their job essentially, or like do it a particular way? What's your best way to motivate people? I think I
1: do uh, sort of struggle (laughs) motivating people sometimes because uh, I've had the feeling of uh, I so I did my bachelor's in filmmaking so I know a lot of people who are involved in filmmaking or are in the creative industry uh, per se Mm -hmm. but uh, there obviously are other aspects of running a business so uh, I I run a full-time business uh, which you've already introduced so I usually I have been looking for someone who would help me in running my business, so on the sort of uh, business development side or the lead gen side.
0: So I've been struggling to find somebody who would help me uh, in that side. Gotcha. So I mean, if someone's listening to this and they're a lead generation specialist, they're going to reach out to you. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, coming back to your question, I know how to
1: motivate people in the creative side because i I, i'll sit them down and then i'll explain why i think the project is important for me and if they can help me achieve uh through their expertise Mm -hmm. then (laughs) that they usually uh, understand because uh, creative people sort of uh, work in a different way Uh, money or monetary benefit solely isn't the main driving factor for them so another thing that i i think is very important for me is uh, creative satisfaction i usually look uh, for uh, uh, for creative
0: fulfillment when I'm done doing a project yeah I think that's important too is show like hey these are the results and like this is what you did type of thing like almost like a before and after type of thing right yeah I think that that is
1: why I'm sort of uh, very much involved i've learned everything self-taught from YouTube so I've learned lightroom for editing photos I've learned photoshop from YouTube. Uh, uh, I did start learning uh, Premiere and After Effects during my degree because that w- those were the part of my degree, the courses mm-hmm. were included in that. But then uh, anything, I think uh, post-production and this sort of stuff is a never-ending learning curve. You always, <laughs> there are always new features and uh, other stuff in, introduced in a, e- each passing year with the uh, with this sort of softwares. So you always keep learning
0: uh, from YouTube and other peers as well. Yeah, I think uh, you always want to be learning, too. Like, I think some people get stuck in that mindset after school. That's like, oh, that's it. Like, I have a job. We're chilling. Right. And it's like, whatever. Like, I don't need to learn anymore. I'm done. And I'm like, well, you never stop learning. Like, it's just, I don't know. It kind of bugs me too but it's kind of cool that you recognize that and you're i like i want to point out youtube um i think that is one of the best ways to learn (laughs) actually
1: Uh, i think online learning in general is one of the best ways to learn i usually look for courses on uh if you've heard of uh, sites like domestica udemy skillshare these sort of sites these are the online learning uh platform and if I find a course I usually purchase it and then I
0: uh, start uh, doing it on my own pace as I get time. Exactly I think that's really important too I think some people right they look at those online courses and they're like oh this is a scam and it's like maybe like five percent of them are but I would say there's some out there that are like actually really beneficial Like, I've purchased courses too, like, to your point. And I think it's a very great way to learn from people around the world, right? Not just being stuck in your geographic location, right? Like, we're what? Like, I'm in the U.S. and you're in Pakistan, right? Yes, I am in Pakistan. Right? And that's the thing. We're communicating right now, learning from each other. And I think that's something... Well, I mean... It is something that hasn't happened in the history of the world. Like, you can't learn from someone, like, halfway across the world. And that's something that's new. And we're still learning, right, how to learn across the world and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's – I think you should never stop learning. And that's something that's important. So how do you get your people, like, to just continue learning and just be really just – excited to learn more and produce the best results. Yeah, so uh I think
1: uh, uh one of the main driving factors uh at least uh, for me and the people I know because I usually work with people that I I have uh, I sort of connect with because if I mm-hmm. cannot connect with them then I won't be able to convey my message across to them and which will then lead to other miscommunications and, and then it will eventually start affecting the project which i i nobody wants at least i don't want if i'm leading the project i want the best mm-hmm. thing to be produced with the the least amount of hassle that i can do so uh usually uh i uh, learning uh, is that if i learn something i start to sort of uh, share because i usually get <laughs> really excited when i'm uh, learning uh, something so uh, i'll give you another example i think uh, adobe uh, Premiere uh, introduced a feature called color match in 2019 or 2018 with color match mm-hmm. we usually it was used in color grading so uh the color match was uh, when you'll uh, give uh, it's uh, similar to lightroom uh but in, they introduced it for video so mm-hmm. you'll give a reference frame so a reference frame would be uh from the part of the video or another video that you like uh the colors that you like and then you'll Uh, match match the colors of the reference to the current frame. So you'll just click on the color match and it'll try to uh, match the colors as best as it can uh, using uh, AI and whatever the science is behind uh, the
0: Adobe uh, uh, software. Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, Adobe, they they actually are headquartered where I'm, so we kind of get some of those updates and stuff just in our local news. Like, hey, they're working on this... And it's so like to your thing, especially, right? Like I actually kind of similar to you, right? I'm like, when I learn something new, I'm like, I have to share this, right? It's like, oh my gosh, like you guys have to know this. This is going to make your life 10 times easier. Like you got to do this type of thing. So would you say the tonality on this, like on how you speak is important, right? Because if I sit there and like, hey, this is cool thing you should try this but if you like actually like project excitement do you find that like people are also excited and you know kind of get amped up i think that would depend on the other person's personality
1: (laughs) first of all yeah because i i I believe that you cannot forcefully tell uh, another human being to learn something they'll uh, do that in front of you but they'll eventually forget If Mm -hmm. you uh, do not make them understand the importance of this thing, they'll do that in front of you, but then they'll forget some (laughs) days after some days. So uh,
0: that isn't uh, sort of constructive learning. So it's almost like you want them to discover it on their own. Type of thing and learn from themselves yeah i think
1: uh, as uh so somebody recently approached me two two people actually approached me to uh help them learn video editing and stuff so i'm i've been giving them classes as well so i i usually at the last in the last class we were discussing because uh, they were sort of uh struggling uh with practice because editing is a lot of practice I can maybe spoon feed everything to them on how uh, any Mm -hmm. sort of editing project works because essentially the structuring for any project is same. Mm -hmm. So, but it usually varies on project to project. The structuring would stay stay the same. So uh, in the last uh, class we were discussing, uh, they actually shared some of the concerns that they had. So I I, uh, told them that uh, I can spoon feed you as much as you want but it won't be productive. You'll eventually forget if you don't practice. So I think I can convey uh, or sort of push uh, my knowledge to them as long as they're not willing to uh, accept the knowledge and then internalize and then move on from that. Then I think that would also matter as well. They actually have have the willingness to act right? Like, (laughs) yeah, first to learn uh, or to accept the learning and then to act
0: upon it. Yeah, that's that right there is like the secret to success, right? You got to learn and then act, right? And then adjust. (laughs) Yeah, adapt and improvise. Yep, exactly. So kind of on the, what does a typical day look like for you? Like video production? Like what is it, just everyday life look like for an everyday video producer?
1: I think uh, it would uh, then go back to the three main components that we have for production. So uh, it would depend on the uh, production cycle that we're on. So if uh, we're working on the pre-production, because uh, essentially uh, the pre-production and the post-production phases are the longest and the production phase is the smallest. Because you go uh, shoot everything when you've sort of pre-prepared your, yourself and then you sh- go to the shoot or on set and then you come back and then you start working on the editing. So it would gotcha. uh, usually uh, depend... Uh, first of all, it would depend on the project size. So uh, one of the examples I can give you is that I uh, on the web series I mentioned... Uh, I was the post producer on that so I actually uh, invested about one year of my life on that project because it was about 8 episodes and uh, each episode was on average about 30 minutes and then while i was uh, working uh, on the editing they were also simultaneously shooting the next episodes <laughs> so it was, uh, was sh- they would shoot the uh, sort of uh, episode and then the data would come to me and when you're sh- uh, working with bigger cameras so ARRIs, so arri uh, when you shoot on arri uh, raw or uncompressed format so then you'll have to convert the footage into another format in order to open within the software. So that is an, uh, is a hassle data management and data
0: organizing is a big hassle when you're working mm. on such a big project. Yeah, so it's more, if you had to give like uh, percentages, right? So if you had to say like, for those three cycles of the production process, how much of it is spent on pre-production? How much is spent on the actual production? and then the post-production
1: yeah so uh if uh, we're talking uh, I'll, I'll give you example from one of my pro- project uh, so uh, i shot uh, because uh, i usually look at trends on social media so what's working and what's not working so uh, right now short form video is really trending i've been mm-hmm. <laughs> pushing it on my instagram and then uh, sort of analyzing what works and what not works on and then sharing on my uh, facebook profile and linkedin profile the results so people are actually really liking what i have been sharing so uh, i uh, sort of did uh, one of the biggest factors that i think matters is doing research before starting any projects so i usually go to the internet and then uh, do a bit of research and find some the most similar projects to the one that i am currently working on so uh, one of the projects uh, I've, i've mentioned was that they're actually uh, a platform so they're building a platform for media professionals and then they approached me that they liked my work and they actually <laughs> saw the trailer of the, for the web series and then approached me so uh, as they wanted to work with me so i i did an initial meeting i said uh, they uh explained what they uh, do at the the with the platform and then they asked me that if i have any sort of ideas i i told them and give me a few days and i'll Uh, do my own research and then then I present you some of my ideas. So I did some research and and, uh, I'm sort of really passionate about uh, producing travel content. So I looked into travel content and one of the main uh, advantages of producing travel content is that it's usually a lot more shareable because you have uh, Mm. pretty visuals you have sound designs, you have um, music that, so the shareability factor uh, is a lot more when you're working with travel content. I uh, shared some of the uh, existing ideas because I've worked on some other travel projects. So I shared some of mine, I uh, found some other references and I then pitched them that we can do a short form video uh,
0: for your social media profiles. I, th- I agree with the short form. I think that's huge. It's really uh, holding people's attention, right? Like Instagram reels, there's TikTok. Uh, I know some other social media platforms are pushing the short form content as well. So it's big deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, All of the major social media plot platforms have their own short form content, so YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, Instagram reels, mm-hmm. TikTok videos. Uh, I know how many social media platforms, but every sort of major social media platform has their form of short uh, form built in.
0: So I want to ask this. What is the components to make a viral video like in the short form? Like what are the basic things you need? To make a video go viral yeah so uh i i
1: coincidentally i just uh published a post <laughs> today <laughs> talking about what has worked for me on instagram because i randomly did an experiment on my instagram page so i, I usually post my projects screenshots and other kind of stuff so uh, i was recently in turkey last month so i had some of the photos and this uh, some of the short form content so i just uh, it took it and then i uh, found some uh, popular trending music uh, i downloaded that music i <laughs> put everything together within premiere and then i uh, published it uh, on and i think within one to two hours the post started to blow up and i think it currently has about 5000 views on that's instagram awesome. yeah and that's completely organic without <laughs> boosting any <laughs> uh sort of uh, sponsoring the videos and i i think maybe uploaded another one yesterday or the the day before yesterday and then that sort of had similar results because uh if you uh scroll on instagram most of your feed is filled with instagram reels Mm -hmm. so they really are pushing reels uh other, other form of uh content isn't isn't being pushed at all so a lot of the People I follow, so uh, uh, if you've heard of Peter McKinnon, he's a photographer mm-hmm. based in Canada. So they're usually now uh, raising concerns that Instagram originally was a photo sharing platform. But now uh, where, when we publish photos, we are uh, losing followers. So we're looking to shift to un- other platforms. So I think uh, that is a direct uh, sort of effect when uh, Instagram started competing with TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is the disadvantage of directly competing with TikTok because TikTok does not allow you to share photos; it's
0: only short-form video. Yeah, I noticed that as well. So for photographers, right? You kind of mentioned that. Where do they go then if it's kind of getting pushed under the rug by Instagram? Yeah, uh, I I'm not exactly
1: sure, but in the same exact video, Peter McKinnon mentioned another platform called Vero. I'm not exactly uh, sure about the name, but I'll uh, confirm the name afterwards. I think it's v e r o V-E-R-O-Vero.com. It's uh, very much similar to what Instagram used to be about five years ago,
0: I'd say. That's awesome. So it's kind of that platform for photographers and gotcha. Yeah, because I actually have someone that I know that's a photographer in my area. And he did like cars and stuff, but he kind of came and he talked to me and he was like, yo, I'm going to get like video producing stuff because on Instagram, all these other platforms, they're moving to video and I need to figure out how to do that. So I actually want to ask this, how different is, and this might be a stupid question, (laughs) But how different is video production and like photography? Uh, Not that uh,
1: sort of different uh, because the uh, fundamentals, some fundamentals are the same. So when you're working with video, the composition and that sort of framing, uh, that is uh, similar to photography and video. And sometimes uh, I'd say photographers do a better composition than videographers. Because okay, gotcha. for photography, it's uh, kind of uh, really important to get that perfect shot because you uh, you really have uh, one chance to take that perfect shot. And then in video, you usually, uh, uh, I'd say people skim on uh, sort of the framing because they say they will fix it in post, it's a recurring sort of a meme or a gag within the video industry that fix it in post. (laughs) So (laughs) it's sort of anything that you cannot do properly on set, you just say fix it in post. But that is uh, a sort of really becomes a nightmare (laughs) when you can't fix it in post.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I see that because I used to do the like video production on my own. And then I found you and I was like, Oh, you're way better than I am. (laughs) And that's like taking that step and saying, Hey, I need that that's probably my biggest like problem is actually asking for help and saying, "Hey, you're really good at this. You should like do this. I'll pay you whatever." Right. But uh I'm going to I'm going to ask the intelligent question of the day. And forgive me if it's horrible. But if you had to give advice to someone that's looking to get in the video industry or just you know, go to school and learn and things like that what's your advice so then they can be the absolute best video producer or whatever it may be what is the best advice you can give fortunately
1: for uh, uh, my answer a lot of people actually do reach out and then ask the same question they usually say that uh, i saw you work and i really love what you're doing and i want to get started in the video production industry And so what advice would you give me? So uh, I usually say that uh, uh, do not uh, even if you're uh, sort of starting your uh, majors in filmmaking. So I'd say do not be entirely dependent on the institution to make you learn everything. You will need to learn to start to self-learn if you really want to be the best at what you're doing. And then uh, what uh, I would have done uh, differently when I started, I'd, I'd maybe reach out to some uh, directors, videographers, filmmakers, uh, who uh, I think, um, uh, I, I uh, really love Devakan and they're in my area. And I'll uh, ask them if I could maybe job shadow them on set. Because uh, the amount of learning that you do on set is really different when you're sort of watching a video so uh it's uh, in filmmaking uh practical uh, sort of hands-on experience is really important theoretically you mm-hmm. can maybe study and uh, maybe uh, do a phd in film but if you do not have practical hands-on experience and uh, then it's i think uh, <laughs> it's kind of uh, there's no point in having all that ther- mm-hmm. theoretical
0: knowledge if you cannot even apply Uh, the knowledge onset yeah a hundred percent there everyone that's listening right there that's the intelligent answer of the day and I'm gonna build off that as well especially like just for people maybe they're not interested in video I think what you said there at the end is important you have to be able to apply what you learn and actually put it to action actually make it work type of thing because we can theorize come up with all these creative ideas but then it's actually implementing it. That's the hardest thing. <laughs> and I think you're no stranger to that as well. So, John, I want to thank you again for coming on today. I It was something I was looking forward to. But if people want to reach out to you, get their services from you, what's the best way they can find you, reach out to you and learn more about you? Yeah, so uh, I think the
1: best way to reach out to me would be either via Instagram because I usually share most of my projects on Instagram. I have uh, video projects and then I have uh, uh, sort of the stills from the projects that I've done. And now recently I've started posting posting reels, so I have a lot of reels on there as well. And then if they are are sort of, uh, because I share a lot of my learnings on LinkedIn as well. I think LinkedIn is a really underrated platform that Hmm. people don't really use. So uh, I think best ways is either Instagram or uh, LinkedIn. And if uh, anybody wants to see my portfolio, then it's on my website. It's uh, johnellimedia.com. Awesome.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And one other thing, what's the tag on that Instagram? All social media for me is at johnellimedia.com. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So everyone, as you can tell, that is John Alley. Very intelligent person. Had great things to say today. I challenge you guys, if you like whatever you heard today, or if you want to get services for him, I would reach out to him. Stay tuned till next week. I have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.